0: Mr. and Miss America and all the ships at sea. Who was it? april Heater. <laughs> that who said that? It <laughs> was just a little, a little bit before my time. A little bit before your time. The tab. Oh you mean the commentary? The the, Commentator? the, the news, the news. I remember hearing that on the radio. <laughs> Hello out there in Charlie Land. <laughs> We're going you to begin to tell your age. <laughs> We're going to uh, study Abraham. So, if you want to open your Bibles to chapter 11 or last part of the 11 and 12. I don't know who you are. And uh, I'm going to fill in for Charlie today. My name is Burke. The Burke. The Burke. Okay. And uh, let's ask the Lord to help us all, and me in particular. Okay. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this privilege of talking about your word talking about your friend Abraham and help us to take courage in his life even though he had failures he was a a great man of faith we ask that you would make this real to us today in Jesus name amen amen we find Abraham in Genesis of course Genesis is the uh, means origin and uh, the book of genesis gives the only true and reliable account of the origin of all the basic entities of the universe and life probably the most important book ever written the book of genesis uh, as a whole would surely be considered even by those who aren't believers uh, or uh, in, in in the bible's inspiration as the book that exerted the greatest influence on history of any book ever produced. The Bible actually is how many books? 66, you're right. It's the foundation of all the books, all the books of the Bible. Dr. Morris, Henry Morris, I think he has passed on now. I'm pretty sure he has. He lists 14 origins, the universe, the order and complexity, solar system, atmosphere, hydrosphere, origin of life, origin of man, origin of marriage, origin of evil, origin of language, origin of government, origin of culture, origin of nations, origin of religion, origin of chosen people. All of those begin in this. Genesis moves us progressively from the generation chapters 1 and 2 to degeneration to regeneration. And I like that part. Okay, it's great foundational reading. Colossians 1, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, and we're called, Jim probably knows this, Goyim. I think I'm pronouncing that right, G-O-Y-I-M. Of which paul said he was a minister of the gospel until the dispersion and sometime after god had been dealing with mankind as a whole then he then he continues but he selects a a uh, well first of all after the dispersion man didn't get better they continued to get worse and and we see that all around us today They, they sunk deeper and deeper into moral sin now, I know why Charlie lays these things over here. There was a small remnant who, who believed, and one of them was Job. other was Melchizedek. We get examples, and there was probably others that, that truly loved the Lord and worshipped him. God never leaves himself without a witness, and he confirms that in Acts 14, the generation In a generation gone by, he permitted all the nations to go their own way, and yet he did not leave himself without witness. Now, God chose to call a man and established a nation that was to proclaim his love and forgiveness to the whole world. This man was Abraham. Okay? It's important to know his genealogy, or at least to know where you can find it and read it. So that's the reason I told you it starts in 11, and it goes for 100 years, over to oh good gracious I don't know where I had it there maybe I'll give it to you later <laughs> but anyway it's uh, oh, oh, in in the 20s chapters and we're going to get to that last chapter which is one of my favorites <laughs> of all chapter 22 today I hope okay in Matthew we go from Jesus back to David then to Abraham Luke chapter three, we go from from uh, Jesus back to Adam. In Genesis chapter eleven, we view the genealogies of, from Shem to Abraham. Shem lived six hundred years. His his son. How do you say it, Pat? <laughs> arpachad said. <laughs> well, A R P A C H H S H A D. How many? I would say Arpachad. Arpsad okay he lived 438 Sheila lived 433 Eber lived 464 Pegleg P-E-L-E-G, lived 239 Reuse 230 239 also hope oh, i didn't mistype that C Sigrug 230 Nahor you see Nahor over here Nahor 148 Terra 205 and Abraham 175 Shem, by the way, lived 33 years past Abraham's death. Man's days became shorter and shorter. Which which psalm is it that tells us about our days? Psalm 90. Exactly, Psalms 90. It says, For our days have declined in your fury, and we have finished our years like a sigh. For as the days of our life, they contain 70 years, and if due to strength, 80 years, Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, and we soon it is gone, and we fly away. Uh, two or three of us is living on borrowed time, aren't we here? <laughs> so, God's calls are not always easy to follow. What did he tell Abraham to do? Leave. To leave what? No, leave her. Leave her? Leave family? Yes home family, and they go to where? A strange land, which he's going to tell him about. He really didn't describe it right then. And according to the faith chapter, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Nothing is written in Scripture that Abraham merited anything from God. It was all because of God's G R. A C E all because of God's grace. That's how we're saved. We meet Abraham in chapter eleven. He had two brothers named <coughs> No, Nahor and Haran. Okay? Both of them had towns named after him. Haran died in his father's presence. So I'm taking that was might have been down in Ur. But he had a a town named after him. Nahor had one. Get you a that map there, uh, Tom. Okay. Uh, It says, uh, Terah took Lot, or took uh, Abraham and Sarah and Lot to go up to Canaan, and they stopped at Haran. Now, there's all kind of uh, predictions of why he stopped. Some say that, you know, the town had his name, and he had to, since he died, he had to take care of some business up there. You know, property or whatever we don't read nothing about that in the scripture but people you know say this so uh and then who dies up in haran daddy what was his daddy's name uh, tara. tara yes tara dies up there so uh the the uh, where they lived in Ur of Chaldees, the archaeologist says that they had was a very modern thing, and they probably had indoor plumbing and bathrooms. And we say, oh, that couldn't have been. These people were cave people. No, no, no. They they find it all kind of things that says these people were very pr- progressive. Uh, what do we know about Abraham? He was the father of all who believe, Romans 4.11. There's a map back there, Rick, on the back. James says, uh, Abraham is a friend of God. 2 Chronicles says, Abraham, your friend forever. Isaiah says, Abraham, my friend. Uh, I could give you the reference for them if you want it. Also, the great verse of Genesis 15.6, he believed God and it was... Ca- calendar him for righteousness, yes. So that should go into your gray matter. S- scrub out a place for it and put that in there, okay, instead of knowing when whoever comes on TV, okay? <laughs> God said, I, I, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to possess it. And Romans 4, 1 through 3, when they shall say, uh, when they shall sh- <laughs> What then shall we say that Abraham our father according to flesh is found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him for righteousness. I think it is marvelous to read the Lord tying everything together as he goes. You know, progressive revelation. The wonderful word that came about, how did it come? Peter tells us. Holy men of God spake as they were moved along by the Spirit. They didn't write on their own, not their own interpretation, not a human act of man's will. They were moved by God who spoke with them. I have the NASB of that. I have the NIV, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And I've got the Amplified for it. And I want to know if one of you all want to come up here and give us the uh, Greek or, or the uh, Latin and the Hebrew and the Armenian thing. Uh, uh, Mrs. Bridges, I saw you smiling. Do you want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, he he made these promises to us. And it is great. Now, we go to chapter 12. God said to Abraham, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land I'll show you, and I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, the one who curses you. I will curse, and in, your, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. This is known as the Abrahamic, Abrahamic Covenant very good galatians 3 even so abraham believed god and it was reckoned to him for righteousness therefore to be sure those who are of faith who are sons of abraham be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of abraham the scripture foreseen that god would justify the gentiles by faith preached before to abraham saying all nations will be blessed in you so those who are of faith are blessed with abraham Now, the promise was spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds as many, but rather as to one, and to your seed, that is Christ. That is Christ. Dr. Constable commented on uh, chapter 8 of John, where he says, Your father rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Jesus was referring to Abraham as a physical ancestor of his hearers, not their spiritual father. The occasion of Abraham's rejoicing to which Jesus referred is unclear. The have suggested various incidents in his life that Moses recorded in in chapter 12, 15, 17, 21, 22. Most likely, it refers to Genesis 12, 3, the prediction that God would bless the whole world through Abraham. In any case, Jesus said that Abraham anticipated his day. Jesus was claiming that he fulfilled what Abraham looked forward to. We need to be careful not to read back into Abraham's understanding of the future what we know from the revelation that God gave after Abraham's death clearly Abraham did know that his seed, meaning Christ would become the channel of God's blessings to the entire world Abraham went forth as God had spoken to him he says, and Lot went with him I don't know whether that's a red light or not, <laughs> but it God said to leave your family. I know that, but they took a, a Lot along, and then when he leaves, there's going to be a problem because lots we'll find out. Lot did cause a problem later on. Okay, he's 75 years old when he departs from Haran. And to this day, it is it is an occupied city in Turkey. Now, you see it way up here, Abraham? Well, if you don't see this, but you look on your map, from Ur up to Haran is 600 miles. From Haran down to Shechem, where he's going to end up, is 400. So that was a thousand mile trip. Remember when Jacob went up? He went over in the area of Haran to find a wife for Isaac. Find a wife for Isaac, you're right. <laughs> So he he and, and this is uh, Haran is in Turkey today, and uh, by the way, his life uh, chapters eleven through twenty five. I got ahead of myself a while ago, which is covers him a hundred years. He accumulated um, possessions and people in Haran, so he leaves there. He's 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 not a poor guy. But he's he's going to get much more added to him. We're not informed of the number of people in his caravan, but later he has how many servants when they go after those people from Lot? And uh, one and an eight, eighteen. <laughs> eighteen. They had 300 <laughs> trained servants. Okay. So he rescued Lot, and that's uh, with those 318 servants. Canaan was occupied with inhabitants notorious for their wickedness, and they were descendants of Canaan the cursed son of, of uh, Ham. And I already told you the distance there. Uh, Hebrews 11.8 is appropriate once more. By faith, when Abraham was called, obeyed, going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham entered Canaan, and he stops at Shechem, modern-day Nablus, N-A-B-L-U-S, situated between Ebel Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. What does that remind you of in the 27th or 28th chapter of Deuteronomy? Yeah, the curses and the blessings that happened in that place also. It's located about center, east and west, and north and south, Shechem is of the land of Israel. So if you go, Dan, by the way, is the farthest north, and Beersheba is the south. Points almost the furthest point south. There's a desert south of that, but it's that, that the Bible talks about north and south. You didn't get your map, did you? It's back on the seat. <laughs> All right. So it's situated right there. Deuteronomy tells us that. Oh, and and Moses had them to to put up those stones and to write the Ten Commandments on them there in in, in this same place over there. Uh, and they had twelve tribes. They divided them equally, and they got on the two sides. And I don't know whether they had megaphones or what they had, but anyway, they 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 heard one. Well, maybe they had good acoustics. So anyway, the Lord the Lord appeared to Abraham is the first time in Scripture where we read of an actual appearance of God. God had walked and spoken with Adam and Eve. Who else did walked with God and was not? Starts with an E. Enoch and Noah, you know, he, he prepared also, he also had been visible to, uh, to them in some way, but it, the scripture doesn't say just exactly how. We, by the way, Exodus 33 is and 34 are a couple more of my favorite chapters. We have the glorious account of Moses asking God to see his glory. And he says, I pray you show me your glory. And God said, I myself will make all my glory to pass before you. And we will proclaim the name of the Lord and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. The Lord said, there's a place over here in 34. There's a place before me. You could stand right there on a rock. First Corinthians ten four, And that rock that followed them was Christ. Yes, I saw that voice, uh, mouth moving. <laughs> okay, he says, when my glory is passing by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand till I pass by. Then I'll take my hand away and you'll see my back, but my face you shall not see. Just have to add verse uh, 5 through 7. This is when the Lord told Moses to cut those two stones, like the former ones that he, what what did he do with the first two? He broke them, he smashed them. The Lord descended in a cloud and he stood there with him, stood with Moses and called upon the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the Lord, Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, keeps loving kindness for thousands, forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sin. John 1.18 says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father explains him. Philip, ask him what? Show us the Father. And he said, Philip, have I been so long time with you, and yet you ask me this? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Can I give you my opinion? We're not going to see God. We're going to see the Lord Jesus god is the spirit okay so when and he is god by the way yes the lord jesus is god okay so all these things that weren't fulfilled for either abraham or moses but they were (coughs) resulting in abraham having to walk by faith and are we supposed to do that today uh where do you find that sears kellogg well they don't have those anymore do you sears online or (laughs) fiddies online (laughs) okay you know where huh second corinthians chapter five verse seven okay we walk by faith and not by sight for we walk by faith not by sight titus also says for the grace of god has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. I want you to get that too, salvation to all men. He died for the world, not for a select few. Okay? Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope, to desire expectantly. We're looking for that. And the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. And then we walk by faith. Not even in my chronological Bible. Do you have one of those? We're not told the length of time the, the caravan stayed over there at Shechem. We just know he was there, and and b- before God gave him orders to head him up, move him out. And who said that? Tell him my age again. Rawhide, Mister Favor, get him up, move him out. <laughs> Some of you kids are not old enough to know that, are you? <laughs> Old to too old to remember. Too old to remember. But you, you pick them up and too look. Old I, to too doing? old to admit it. <laughs> All right. Rawhide. They were. They were going to move to a site between Bethel and Ai, thirty-five miles south of Shechem. That goes on down past Jerusalem. Shechem. Uh, Jerusalem and to Shechem is about thirty miles, is what I read, in the history of that. And what does he do when he gets down there? What do you think he does? He builds an altar. Abraham is famous for building an altar. We're going to see that, okay? So he builds an altar, and he calls upon the name of the Lord. Now, calling on the na- uh, calling upon or proclaiming his name, the name of God, signifies in general the whole nature of God, by which he attests his personal presence in the relation into which he has entered with man the divine self manifestation or the whole of the revealed side of the of the divine nature which is turned toward man. We have an account of that worship of God which consists in prayer, praise, thanksgiving, or an acknowledgement and celebration of the mercy and help of Jehovah. And I can't remember who put that out. I read so many things that I failed to put the name of the guy who put all that in there. But calling upon the God is is very important. No time frame for him to move on south. And what's it what's it called in the south of part of Israel? The what? Yes, the Gav, yes. Or it's a dry desert land down there south of uh, Beersheba. And Famine comes on the land. And what happens to Abraham? He has a lapse of memory. Where's he going to go? Huh? He's going to go down to Egypt, yes. Red flag. He doesn't seek guidance from the Lord. But on his own, he enters Egypt. The Egyptians, like the Canaanites, were descendants of Ham through, this time, Mizram, M-I-Z-R-A-I-M. They were polytheistic, cruel, immoral. Polygamy and sexual promiscuity were common for Egypt. He enters, and he notices what? Okay. Well, what's all those other guys? And who did they look at? Who was the good-looking in the party, Abraham or Sarah? They was looking at Sarah. Ah. <laughs> so, Abraham you familiar with the Haran, H-U-R-R-A-I-N, customs and the newsy tablets. Okay, the wife, and it was the sister, and it's called the sister wife and the wife. They had a, a, she had received two documents. One was she was married. The other she was the sister wife. And for that, she got more protection than just an ordinary wife. But those birds down in Egypt never heard of that. And the wheels come off of Abraham's cart. Oh, the, instead of noticing Sarah's beauty, they had they had noticed Sarah's beauty, and they praised her to the king called Pharaoh. The word "praised" in the Hebrew means hallel. Hallel. How, how do you say those were in the Psalms? Is that hallel. Hallel. Okay. Anyway. <sighs> So, let me see here. Uh, they noticed it, and and they were uh, and they were used in connection with the Feast of the Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacle, and Dedication. This is the first occurrence of this important word. Do we see it over in Psalms? Now, he takes her to his harem. Who else got taken to a harem? Esther. Now, how long did she have over there to have all that beauty and so... A year. I doubt that Sarah had it. it took a year over here. But anyway, the the king of Persia did this, and Sarah's wasn't probably that long. In the interim, Abraham was giving what sheep, oxen, donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. I'll get to that in just a second. Outward shows seemed to indicate that Abraham was making out like a bandit. But what ifs filled him and Sarah at night. What if, Pharaoh takes me as his wife, what's gonna to happen to the promise of my seed? I got this awful, us in an awful mess. Will God ever deliver me from this? I'm sure he had questions. He was a man like us. Uh, he talks about that over in Elijah. He says, a man of like passions with me. I think that's Peter, but I may be wrong. But you look it up. He a man of like passions as we, and he called on God. It didn't rain, and all this. Okay, so Pharaoh and his house were stuck with the great. Were struck with great plagues. Somehow it was made known to him that Abraham had snookered him. He immediately dresses Abraham down, Spells him and Sarah from the caravan from Egypt, all of them, and they get a. Military escort, no doubt. He says they escorted him out. Don't you know those servants of Abraham just hung their head in disbelief? How could this man of faith, trusting God, do this dumb thing? Did you turn that thing up to 75 or something? I did. Are you hot? Oh, I'm hot too. Take Pat, you lose. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. So... In spite of all this, God still blesses Abraham. Now the disclaimer is, don't try this yourself don't don't palm your wife off as your sister when she, you know or sell her so or what pretty. huh yes, yeah, because she was so pretty so first Corinthians 10 twelve and thirteen therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has taken you, but such is his common demand. But God will, with the temptation, make a way to escape that you'll be able to bear it. As always, my NASB says, endure it. All right. Chapter 13 is both description and encouraging. He leaves that dark place of Egypt with Sarah and all that belonged to him, including all that he acquired from Pharaoh, the animals and servants, and he was very rich with silver and gold. He travels to the south, to Bethel. What was up at Bethel? What does he always build? Altar, up there in the the altar. And glory, hallelujah, Abraham calls on the name of the Lord once more. And all these people needed this place of repose where they could revive after the devastating ordeal in Egypt. Bad, bad, bad down there. But... There's a snake in the grass. What happens between Abraham and Lot's herdsmen? They have disputes over what's going on, where are we going to feed, and all this. And Abraham, being gracious, offers Lot his choice. And Lot looks at things from his fleshly point of view, and he sees all this green grass and the things. It's down towards Sodom sodom isn't the glory land he thinks it's filled with homosexuals sin dark sin down there wicked exceedingly that lot gets married down there and he has at least two daughters and the way his wife ends up you would think she loved sodom because she turned back and she turned into sugar salt oh yes turned into salt (laughs) and him and the girls go and they live where in a cave and these two girls are devastated Lot took them out of Sodom but he didn't take Sodom out of the girls and they say let's get daddy drunk and have babies by daddy and they did and what is this the uh, gets married he grows up Oh, let me backtrack a little bit. After Lot departs, God meets him and says, now lift up your eyes northward, southward, eastward, westward, all the land. I'll give it to you and to your descendants forever. And if you would like a short history lesson, you would turn to Acts chapter seven, and he goes through the history of Israel. In Acts chapter seven, so that's that's a short read there, and he he is dead on on, re, on repeating these things. Abraham moves to to uh, Hebron, and what does he do? Co- what, what, what? Altar. Another altar. He builds another altar. He wanted all these people in Canaan to know that the Lord God was was uh, a- Almighty, was His, and was real. Now, the masculine noun goy, G-O-Y, meaning people or nations, the word is singular form may also be used for Israel, and it tells us in Exodus 19 that, or even tribes in Genesis 48. The plural denotes nations, G-O-Y-I-M, nations of the Gentiles. All people other than Israel are goyim. And I hope I'm saying that right. And Sergio, am I saying it right? <laughs> anyway, this seems to urge us to, uh, to understand that Hebrew theology concentrates on universal truth rather than on tribal domination, while at the same time purposes to maintain social diversity instead of turning the whole nation into one big gray mass of identical citizens. Little robots running around. Okay, Solomon, uh, uh, Sodom was invaded, and the uh, kings of Shinar, that's Babylon, Elisar, the leading tribe in southern Babylon, Elam uh, over in Persia, which is Iran, and, and the Goyims, but they, they could have been a tribe in the northeast tri- uh, of Babylon. That all come from Dr. Morris. Chelilomer was their leader. 12 years he had them in paying tribute to him. 13th year, all these people over here rebel. They, that was uh, ill-advised, because his army, the Telomers, all this army of his people were destroying the entire Jordanian plain. Solomon, Gomorrah, and Adama, Zeboin, and Zor were to plummet for their rebellion. The kings; these cities were were routed, and they fell into what was those pits that was over there. Tar, T-A-R, tar pits, asphalt. <laughs> While others fled into the hill country, Lot and all his possessions were captured. The captives and the, the the captors all headed north. And by the way, they're way down here. Uh, way south, and they go all the way up here, almost up to where Dan is. They go up above Damascus, and they they uh, having a big party up there. So Abraham has his his men, and by the way, in chapter fourteen is the first mention of Hebrew, as mentioned as a uh, ethnic tribe, applying it to to Abram. Okay. They go way up there, and his 318 men, he divides up, and they're going to go over, and, and they do capture all these people. They, they, uh, Melchizedek says they slaughtered them. We'll, we'll cover that in a few minutes also. They, they went uh, north of Damascus, and all these guys, the 318 men, must have been in extraordinary good shape to be going up there and then go in there and fight these people. They were trying exercising on that Peloton. Have you seen that advertised on the, the TV? They must have all been exercising on those bicycles to be all in that good shape. <laughs> you think those were back there? I doubt it. But anyway, huh? <laughs> anyway uh, they were successful. They brought all the captives back and Abraham didn't boast about the victory He knew that God had given him the victory. And we don't see anything in the Babylonian or the Elamites' uh, uh, history. Kings only wrote wrote about their victories, not their defeats. So there's nothing in there about them, uh, of uh, of what happened to them. The king of Sodom uh, Sodom comes out to Abraham, and he says, Welcome back take all the booty, just let us have the people. Abraham agrees with that, right? No. He says, you know, if I take as much as a bootstrap from you, you'll say you made me great, and God's the one who did that, so I'm not taking anything. Just those guys that went with me, what they ate, and divided it up, and by the way, he says, Aner, Eschol, and Mamre were the other three people in cahoots with the Abraham that went up there, so we know who those guys were that accompanied Abraham up there to do the capturing. Says, let them take their their share. We know. Oh, uh, no, we know that they, they they accompanied him north. Now, who else came out with uh, the king of Sodom? What what priest starts with an M? Melchizedek. Yes, he comes out seven one for this Melchizedek uh, Hebrews seven one for this Melchizedek King of Salem, priest of the most high God who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he Abraham gave him a tenth of all 7 4 of Hebrews. Now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the choice spoils. Now, this verse is going to challenge your great matter. 7 3 Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God who remains a priest perpetually. Who is this guy? The great majority of sound conservative writers both on Genesis and Hebrew consider Melchizedek to be an ordinary man who is is used as a type of Christ. This interpretation cannot adequately answer the questions concerning Melchizedek and does not do real justice to the exalted language of the four passages in Genesis, Psalms, Hebrews, and... uh, where, oh, so we got we got the uh, Hebrews five and Hebrews seven. So we got yeah, two. He had no beginning, no end. No, yeah. father, no, mother. no father, no mother. Yeah. A type of <clears throat> Okay. Doctor Morris gives his opinion: the most Christ honoring interpretation, the one most consistent with biblical literature and the one with the fewest difficulties in the recognition of Melchizedek as a glorious manifestation to Abraham, of God incarnate, the eternal priestly mediator between God and man. And that man is Christ Jesus. And more than Mabel, did anybody else have a opinion on Melchizedek. You've been thinking about that for five minutes Anyway, so Genesis 15, God promises Abraham a son by a vision, saying, do not fear. <laughs> by the way, do not fear is mentioned 180 times in the Bible. Words like do not be afraid, fear, and fear not occur over 300 times. Arguably, there are 365 of them, one for each day of the year okay i'll let you look at that he says i'm your shield i'm your protector your reward shall be very great the lord is abraham's provider abraham needed direction as he is childless, and the heir of his house is from damascus a gentile or a goyim he's a gentile Abraham seems to accuse the Lord of the situation hold the phone there wait a minute Abraham Abram, he's not got his name changed yet the word of the Lord came to him saying no 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 I doesn't read that in the Bible okay this man shall not be your heir but the one who will come forth from your own body he shall be your heir in his vision the Lord takes Abraham outside and says look up <coughs> what's up there Stars, see if you can count them, able to count them, so shall your descendants be. The next verse, verse 6 of 15, is what you've just put on your gray matter a while ago. What was it? Say? Yes, he believed, and it was counted to him for righteousness. I reckoned him. And by the way, this is the first use of believe in the Bible, Fifteen six. Yes. Abraham needs some assurance. The Lord is, is, is gracious and instructs Abraham how to arrange animals for the covenant of blood. Once again, he assures him that the land is going to be to his descendants. And he puts Abraham to sleep, and the Lord passes between those animals. It's all of him. He tells him about the, there's going to be bondage before he goes puts him to sleep. It says, you're going to re- go down there, and you're going to return here. Then he gives him the layout of the promised land in 15, 18 through 21. He tells all where they're going. And it says, I see it's only 25 to 6. We're going to re- re- read that. 15. Well, if I can turn to the right place. Uh, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. Cut. To your descendants have I given this land from the river of Egypt, the Nile River, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenazite, and the Camonites, and the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Riphums, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Gergashites, and the Jebusites. He's going to give them all this land. He, he tells them, and of course, I'm sure abraham probably walked all over that place anyway sarah and hagar in chapter 16 dark time down in egypt had an impact they get a slave girl and bring her back from pharaoh abraham is now 85 that would make sarah 75 <coughs> Sarah was especially blessed with good looks. She was unable to have a baby. Around 10 years since the Lord promised of a son, and Sarah seems not to trust the Lord. In fact, she states she's, he has prevented her from having a child rather than make it impossible. Both Abraham and Sarah are not fully learned that we must, through faith and patience, inherit the promise. Hebrews 6.12. Oh, that she had waited who is it that's causing so much trouble everywhere? Yes. Yes. Oh, my. Uh, the Lord's timing for the. Uh, she'd have just waited. She does have this maid, and I believe she was pretty, much younger than Sarah, and she'd noticed, I'm thinking, that Abraham had watched her from time to time. This is not in the Bible, okay? Sarah says to him, please go into Hagar and perhaps I'll obtain children <laughs> through her. Abraham listened. He could have shot down the whole deal. That's what makes me think he's been looking at her. The result, he listened to Sarah's voice and she was the second choice wife. Got pregnant and Sarah became disdainful to her mistress. (sighs) Not waiting on the Lord is bad, polygamy is wrong. The Lord's sight and even as Sarah and Abraham tried to help God out, the situation in Abraham's household was not a happy family. Abraham tells Sarah to deal with Hagar as she wishes. Sarah dealt harshly with her Hagar and she runs away and the Lord finds her over by a fountain of water. And he tells her that she's gonna have a, a, a son which the Lord names Ishmael. Ishmael's gonna be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone. He will be warlike. Everyone's hand against him. No one should trust him. Ishmael will live to the east of all his brethren a rand area today. Although they are in most all countries except where Who won't let the Arabs in? Who? Starts with a J, ends with an N. Japan. Japan, Is that what you said? Japan. Here we're confronted again with someone seeing the Lord. Hagar calls the Lord, you are the God who sees, for she said, I have remained alive hereafter seeing him. Someone had been teaching her about the Lord. She names the well, the fountain, the well of the living one who sees me. Abraham is 86 when Ishmael is born. Fast forward 13 years. Abraham is 99 now. He and Sarah believe it's a mission impossible for them to have a son especially after the wild ride to Ishmael and Hagar for the past 13 years. They will soon learn there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. Sure enough, right on schedule, the Lord appears to Abraham and says to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me, be blameless. God Almighty, the all-powerful, all-sufficient, El Shaddai, the omnipotent one who satisfies. Psalms 62 My soul weighed in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. Walk before me and be blameless. In Hebrew, blameless means perfect, wholehearted, or complete. Who was blameless in the New Testament in Luke chapter 1? John the Baptist, mommy and daddy. Zachariah and uh, what's her name? Huh? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yes. It says they were, they were blameless. That always bothered me until I read about what blameless meant in the Hebrew. Uh, the sacrificial lamb of the Passover needed to be a tamin. T-A-M-I-N. That's without imperfection, completely whole. God had told the eyes to be perfect before him. In Deuteronomy 18, that man wholeheartedly committed to him. Blameless is found. I already said that in uh, Luke 1, 6. So he says, I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abraham falls on his face, and God talks with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, called Exalted Father. By the way, if you ever read Dr. McGee about that, he says people come up to him and says, oh, I see your name is Exalted Father. Where's your kids? Oh, they're not here yet. Then they come back up later on, and he he says, when he was called um, Father of a Multitude, oh, where are they? Oh, they're not here yet. (laughs) You've read that about, haven't you, Tom? (coughs) What what, uh, McGee said. So, Your name's going to be abraham father of a multitude for i have made you the father of a multitude of nations i will make you exceedingly fruitful i will make nations of you and kings will come forth from you i will establish my covenant between me and your descendants forever an everlasting covenant to be god for you and to your descendants after you and i will give you and your descendants after you the land of canaan for an everlasting possession why can't they do this? Read this thing in the United Nations. You know, all they'd have to do was take God's word for it, and there wouldn't be no problem over the territory over there. So it's clear as is your nose on your face that no action or part of Abraham's descendants can ever permanently sever the land for them. The Lord always has a remnant even if Israel makes some ill-advised moves like selling or giving away some of their land to others, like they've done. Well, the Lord no doubt applies primarily the promise from the Lord applies primarily to those who are Abraham's seed according to the flesh, but also encompasses the spiritual seed of Abraham, who's the father of all who believe. Chapter 17 talks about circumcision, and that ties in with the covenant written above. All males whether Jewish or Gentiles, were circumcised to live among the people of Israel. The act had its sanitary and health reason, but circumcision was commanded strictly as a sign of the covenant. It's a primary, it was a primary sign only to the individual, his parents, and his wife. It should be remained there. The cutting of the foreskin spoke of surgical removal a complete separation from the sins of the flesh so widely prevalent in the world around Israel. Such sins largely centered in misuse of the male organ in adultery, fornication, sodomy. It directly symbolized to the Jewish man that he was a member of the elect nation, a peculiar people, distinctly holy before (laughs) God, in relation to sexual conduct, so it came Indirectly, to speak of holiness in every phase of life, the Lord is more interested in the heart of man being circumcised. First Corinthians 7:19. Circumcision is nothing; uncircumcision is nothing. But what matters is keeping the commandment of God. Deuteronomy thirty six thirty 30 and 6. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, so that you may live. Sarah's name is changed in this 17th chapter from, from uh, Sarai to Sarah, which means princess. God said, I will bless her and either I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Abraham is in, overjoyed and sinks to the ground in admiration, burst into joyful laughter. for this was in Ephesians 3.20 moment. Ephesians 3.20, unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. Okay? You know, I've read that before, but I like that. uh, And who I got it from, I don't remember, about him laughing. And he said he was doing this overjoyed with admiration. So God tells him he'll take care of Ishmael because he said, why don't you just use Ishmael? And says, I'm going to establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you next year. Back to Romans 4.20. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he, Abraham, did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. God finished with talking with him, and God went up from Abraham, and Abraham immediately began circumcision of himself and his household. Go to 18. The birth of Isaac. Promise to... Though Sarah could hardly believe it, the Lord and the two angels who had come down to judge Solomon and Gomorrah and stopped at Abraham's location. And God said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, in him all the nations of earth will be blessed. And from the Amplified, For I have known, chosen, and acknowledged him, that's God talking about Abraham, as my own, so that he may teach and command his children, sons of his house after him, to keep the way of the Lord, do what's just and righteous, so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him." I think we have a plaque like that at our house, of this, uh, this promise to him. Abraham pleads for Lot, thinking he has won at least 10 to the Lord. But sadly, that's not the case. He has a problem even with his own family when they were told to leave. Mrs. Lot had her heart for Sodom and paid with her life for her disobedience. He who believes is not judged, not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3.18 Paul writing to the Thessalonians chapter 1 After you listen to the message of truth the gospel of your salvation, how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Dr. McGee always said that turning, that is the repentance. You're you're doing an about face, and that's that's the repentance part of it. To wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescued us from the wrath to come until a person's last breath. There is hope for a person to accept the Lord as their savior. Nineteen is a sordid chapter. The angels were the intended target of the homosexual men in Sodom. Lot's family had to almost be dragged from Sodom to save their lives. Because the Lord remembered Abraham, he sent Lot out of the mess of the overthrow. We found out that Lot was a righteous man over in James I believe it is James, it says, the righteous Lot vexed his soul. Lot was left with his only two daughters and he was afraid to stay. And we already covered this, what the, what the girls did there in the cave. Out of this sin came the, the origin of the Moabites and the Ammonites. And they were just great friends of the Israel, weren't they? <laughs> they fought them all the days. They were enemies all over, all through the history. The, Moab sounds like the word translated from the father, and Ammon means son of my kin. His legacy, Moab and, and Ammon, was destined to provide the world's carnal seduction in the history of Israel, that of Valpur. Remember he said, uh, uh, I think that was Balaam up there that says, you know, let, let uh, the, huh? Balaam, 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 Balaam. Yeah, yeah. So, I the Jewish, people. Jewish people, yes, the women. Uh, the The cruelest of the religious perversion it illustrates the grating effect that lived in, living in Sodom had on the, their daughters. <coughs> Lot was able to take... Oh, I already said that to you already. Takes the kids out of Sodom, but not Sodom out of the kids. Chapter 20. Down here in the very bottom next to Egypt, I got a, what I met for a fence. Abraham is down there next to Egypt, and he's riding the fence. He's right at Gerar, and Egypt is right there before it. So he's down in a place of trouble. Why in the world he would do that? I don't know. He, we don't read it. He prayed. This was an unwise journey. Did not he remember the last time he was down in dark Egypt? And the same thing happens with Sarah. The Lord having to warn Abimelech, the king over there, in a dream that Sarah was a married woman. In a dream, God tells him, or Abimelech tells God, in the integrity of my heart and my hands were innocent in taking Sarah. God answers that he knows that is why he's keeping him from sinning. God tells Abimelech that Abraham is a prophet, first man to be called a prophet, and to give Sarah back or all of you guys, you and all of yours will die. Abraham confronts Abraham. You dodo, crazy acting person, How <laughs> have you done this? He received the same answer as Pharaoh before, and Ab- uh, Abimelech does as Pharaoh did, giving Abraham animals and more servants a thousand pieces of silver for Sarah's vindication. Do you have a comment on that, Dr. Bridges? What was that vindication? I don't know, I, I don't know either. <laughs> I read, I read after two or three, four of those, and I never was satisfied with anything they had to say. But it, it, he did give give that silver for Sarah. The Lord fulfills His promise to Sarah, so she conceives and bears Abraham a son in his old age at the appointed time, which God had spoken. The Lord is never early or late; He's always on time. Galatians four four. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those under the law. In the fullness of time, in God's time. Uh, God's, uh, I, I wrote it here. We in America have recently completed tax day. Nobody likes it, neither did Joseph Mary, especially since she was great with child. The world great in the King James, and I believe it means she could have had the blessed baby at any time with child. But it happened because they, want, they needed to fulfill Micah 5 2. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth from me to be a ruler in Israel. His going forth are from a bowl and from days of eternity so the, that was fulfilled and he was born over in jesus was born over in bethlehem we people, hear people say if god tarries they generally mean this term in regard to his second coming god doesn't tarry he's always exactly on time in your pajamas or your sunday go to meet and he will come at the appointed time he said in acts chapter one it's not for you to know the times or the season because god is fixed in his own authority Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. Sarah's pump, she says, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a child? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Hey, Sarah, you're not a spring chicken either. There was a party the day Isaac was weaned. but who's mocking? Ishmael is mocking. And it sets Sarah in a rage. She said to him, Send them both away, send them packing. I don't want them around, my son Isaac. Abraham, in sadness, does as God instructs, who also adds that he will take care of them, Hagar and her son. Ishmael, her son Ishmael, and they leave. They're stranded without water in the Beersheba Desert. How far can an archer shoot an arrow? Maybe 50, 75, 100 yards? I don't know. That's where she put him to set him down so she wouldn't see him die. But God heard Ishmael crying. And he asked Hagar, What's the matter with you? Do you not fear? Do not fear. Do not fear. God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Get, Get up and go to him. Take him by the hand, for I will make him a great nation. God opened her eyes to see a well of water. She first gives her son a drink. God was with Ishmael, and he lived in the wilderness. Mama Hagar takes an Egyptian girl for him, a wife. After Abraham's encounter with Abimelech, the two of them meet near Beersheba. A complaint is made about the water rights. Abimelech has been watching, and he states to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. I have a request that you treat me and my offspring as I have treated you in kindness and to make a covenant of peaceful coexistence. This treaty enabled Abraham to serve and worship God freely in the promised land. The uh, general in charge of uh, Blumenach's army, Philcall, seems to have been a title rather than a proper name, but he was in charge. Wells were extremely important in this semi-nomadic life of abraham receiving one of the most important sites throughout old testament times meaning oath of the seven or the oath well became abraham's place of peaceful existence with the covenant of the seven ewe lambs chapter 22 abraham will abraham be up to the test when you bake a cake for the ingredients of the, uh, from the ingredients of a package box you, or you have a mama's recipe in your head, what do you do before you have Charlie and Hedico over for dinner? You test it. That's right. How about uh, automobiles and airplanes? Manufacturing companies have what type of on-site facilities? Testing. You guys are right on, at least si is. God is going to test Abraham's his heart, his faith, his love for God. God says to him, Abraham, Abraham, <laughs> here I am. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. The land of Moriah was the mountainous country around Jerusalem. Stood about 45 miles north of Beersheba. On this mountain, God later appeared to David, who built an altar to the Lord, in 2 Samuel 24. Here also Solomon built his temple, 2 Chronicles chapter 3. And there Jesus died. And that's where the, the Calvary was. A mountain was a wonderful place for Abraham to meet God. And and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. The incident took place sometime after the events recorded in the chapters immediately preceding this, evidently several years later. The word used to describe Isaac in his chapter, as well as what Moses said of him, indicate that he was probably a young man at this time. Josephus says he was 25. Most godly men have. Presented Jesus as a type. presented Isaac as a type of the Lord Jesus. Argument can be made that a 25 to 30 year old male could overpower a 125 to 130 year old man. However, Isaac was obedient to God through his father's voice. We're not told if Abraham slept any the night before. Text says he rose early. Saddled his donkey, took two young men with him. Some say that older men would have tried to stop him, and as they, uh, if when they saw the unfolding plan, after taking wood for the burnt offering, so off they go to a place which God told them. The third day they see the place. In in my mind's eye, I believe Abraham for three days had gone over this process of the burnt offering and the slaying of Isaac in his mind this trip up there must have been less than joyful. The four of them, and God demonstrates, verse five demonstrates his faith in God's ability. Hebrews 11 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, whom he had received the promise, was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants will be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back in type. Abraham takes a knife in the fire after laying the wood on Isaac, busts a, a big load of the wood as the burnt offering was to consume all the offering. The two of them walked on together. Isaac is obedient to his father. No need there is no need for deeply hurting Abraham to say, Come on, get the, get with the program. So much like the Lord in John 10:17 and 18. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own initiative. I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Isaac does ask about the lamb. Isaac pokes to his father. My father, this term in the Hebrew is Abba, meaning the same as what the Lord Jesus spoke to his father in Mark 14, saying, Abba, father. i continue with 22, 7. Behold the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? John one twenty-nine. Behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Isaac is told. God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two on together. And, oh my goodness. They arrive at the place. God had told him. Abraham does the work. Builds the altar. Arranges the wood. Bound his son. Laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretches out his hand. And took the knife to slay his son. But angel of the Lord, of whom we read in verse 16, is the Lord himself, calls to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. He says, here I am. I think Abraham was jumping up and down and waving his coat so the Lord wouldn't miss him. <sighs> here I am. God says to him, do nothing to him, for I, now I know you fear me as you have not withheld your son from me. God supernaturally had placed a ram in the thicket. Again in my mind, I see and hear Isaac as he says, Father, cut the ropes, and let me help you prepare the ram for the burnt offering. The place is named by Abraham, the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. God repeats the covenant blessing to Abraham. I don't miss the mention of Rebekah, the future Mrs. Isaac in verse 22. We're not told about the three days back, but I believe every step all the way was joyful as they praised the Lord for his provision. Romans 8:32. Who did not spare his own Son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? 1 Corinthians 5:21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 1 Peter 2.21 Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness <laughs> for by his wounds you are healed hallelujah hallelujah amen I has done I am. <laughs> so I know we're early but I'm not going to try to add to it you're not to try to be charlie I'm uh, not going to try to beat Charlie. <laughs> See, he, he always adds at least half again as much as whatever he wrote because of his... Now, I know. I thought I had enough. I had 23 pages. I thought it was going to be a plenty. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I've, this has been something. I've known this for three weeks, and I have spent more time on this than anything I ever, ever, ever spent preparing. So... We're gonna to, uh, to them. We're going to, but we're going to pray first. Lord, thank you for this lesson of faithful Abraham. Thankful that you call him your friend. Help us to be obedient to you that we might please you, we might walk before you in a upright manner. Help us to witness to the in, in the opportunities you present to us and God, Charlie wherever he is, and may your word be embedded in our hearts, and may we memorize 15.6 of Genesis. He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Now, how does he do this to, to awesome. get them to? Break, hands out, everyone can wave. There you go. <laughs> Alright. It's still on. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. Good job. Well. I did, but I did wake up two hours early this morning. (laughs)